Howdy do, buckaroos, and welcome to the after show. I'm your co-host this evening, Kelly Gamont. With me is the currently stuffy, formerly Cylon Media sensation, Mike T. Rose. How you doing, Kelly? Not bad. How are you? <laughs> I have a cold. It came on me. It came on me a sudden. So uh, it's, it, I'm not going to get sick by talking to you over the internet, am I? I don't think so. Okay. We we have we have many contagious viruses, but I believe. Uh, the tubes have been vaccinated, so we're because okay. it's not like you have measles. It's not. It's not like okay. I have the Disneyland measles. Because I su- I survived the Disneyland measles. For yes. people who don't know, I was there. I have Weak. the I have the uh, the Coney Island crud. At the oh, moment. okay. Yeah. yeah. It's nasty. I actually managed to survive it, and you know how I managed to survive it because my mom was a mom who said, "Go get your shots," and so I had shots, and it was not fun. And then I was part of the batch that they, when I was in high school, they were like, just to be sure, we should probably really give everybody another shot. So when I was in high school in the wilderness, because remember, I grew up in the wilderness, we had to go basically all of town, go line up at City Hall, and everybody got their shots. And the woman came at me with the needle, and she asked me a question right as she was coming at me with the needle, and I'm not good with needles. And by not good with needles, I mean I turned my head to answer her, noticed she was coming at me with the needle, got a good look at it, and passed out cold in front of basically my entire hometown. Oh, dear. Slithered right to the floor, hit the deck. Now, to her credit, she had the sense to give me the shot before they tried to wake me up. So, that was a plus. That was <laughs> at least I didn't have to work on it. At least I didn't have to worry about it a second time, which was nice. But yeah, so um, when people wonder how it is, I kind of get over myself. Like if you once you recover from that, there's like it doesn't get worse. <laughs> so, no, that's that's pretty much the the bottom. That is the yeah. Bottom. So when people go, how do you stand up in front of all those people at MacWorld? Like, you know how? Because I survived that and didn't actually die of fatal embarrassment, which was touch and go. I was sixteen. It was touch and go, but pulled through it. And so yeah. After well, that, everything's kind of a piece of cake. Well, speaking of things that have and have not pulled through, uh, <laughs> you know, of course, the the big uh, the big sort of bad business news of the week is the is the bankruptcy of Radio Shack, which is bad news for a lot of people, but it's not the specific bad news that is most relevant to us. Yeah. But it is sort of an, an a reminder of a bygone era. Yes. Sort of like measles. So, so yes. What so what we're dealing with uh, the emotional crisis we're dealing with, of course, um, as as all as both our listeners know, uh, <laughs> K- Kelly and I uh, originally like like another podcast uh, uh, by gender duo. Uh, and by the way, by gender duo is the name of my uh, Duran Duran cover band. <gasps> oh, um, nice. Yes, I was working on that one. Way to reference Nick Rhodes. Well played, sir. <laughs> there was a uh, there was a moment of that earlier today. Um, uh, Very nice. The, not, it was the, it was a cover band of Naughty by Nature, and it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, I think it was somebody was describing their office cube location as oh I remember. So there's some office moves going on right now. Mm-hmm. And this was a great this was a great cover band. So Austin was going on, I said to one of my colleagues, Where are you moving to? He said, Oh, it's over there, it's kinda crappy. I said, That's no, it sounds kinda nice. He's like, eh. But where we are now is so great. That office space that space over there, that cubicle is just shitty by contrast. And I said <laughs> Shitty by contrast is the name of my naughty by naughty nature, by nature co- cover naughty band. by nature cover band. So there Very was nice. there was general acclaim. Anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. 
What is here yeah. is that uh, on Tuesday, we bid farewell to um, the unofficial Apple weblog, TUAW.com, which, um, as I was saying, it's like another uh, another bigendered podcasting duo, like Christina Warren and Brett Terpster, who are the, mm-hmm. the hosts of the Overtired podcast and our buddies, yes. um, they, uh, they too met and began their podcast careers through the auspices of the unofficial Apple weblog. Kelly mm-hmm. and I both we met through uh tuaw um and became podcasters together i was not a podcaster until you said hey you know we do this thing on sunday nights you should call in and so i called in and it was fun and then so i kept calling in and then finally you were like i'm gonna be out of town do you want to do it and i'm like how and you said well here it's not hard i'll show you and that was the end of that (laughs) and that that we can point to the collapse of Western civilization. We can trace back to <laughs> the that whole, the moment. The entire undoing. Because before that, I had contributed to a podcast. Uh, there was a show by a podcast called The Delta Park Project, which is an area of Portland. And they were doing a show about Lost and went out on the Tweety Box and said, hey, we need some Lost research interns, some people who will give us their crazy theories who are super fans of the show. And I said, I would totally do that. And they were like, that sounds awesome. So what I would do is watch Lost, and then I would watch it again and make notes, and then I would just sort of record myself saying, here's the deal. I don't get why Little Miss Polar Bear Camhorn got away with it again. You know, why isn't Juliet <laughs> the one? And we have to go back. And then, like, and I would talk about Lost, like, for a couple of minutes, and then I would just email the audio off to the podcast, and they would go here's what Kelly had to say this week. And then they would talk about my theory or whatever. And so that was that was it. And that was like the extent of my involvement. I hadn't done any live or anything like that. And then so you, you were like, hey, you should call in. And that was it. And now I'm here and you can find me on the British Tech Network. And I get reeled into the Daily Observations podcast over at Mac Observer a couple of times a week. Um... Yeah, and I show up here and there on on other stuff occasionally. Um, you know, I'm I'm sort of a one-off guest here and there. I did an episode of the Maccast for the member site a couple of weeks ago. Um, all kinds of stuff. And the reason for that is because of Tua, because you wanted to have me on the show because you were like, yeah, I don't want to talk to myself. And so <laughs> we built that into a thing. And Jim Dalrymple was on, and Andy Anatko was on, and Ken Case came on and talked to me about the Seahawks. And... Uh, so many random, great, amazing things. Just just the talk cast by itself. Before we even get to, I got to go to MacWorld because of Tua, and before we get to, you know, all of the other amazing stuff that happened as a result. Let's just start with the talk cast by itself because I know at least a couple of those people. Uh, for example, Doc Doc Rock came on all the time, which was how he got reeled into the Tua family. It's true. Um. Because he, I don't remember how I got mixed up with him, but then I was like, hey, we do this thing on Sunday nights and you should come. And he did. And uh, dropped such knowledge on us as Flash is the boob job of the internet. Uh, <laughs> which was, I think, the first time he came out and declared something and we all just lost it. I, then, I, thought, his first, I thought his first classic was that's like putting rims on a Camry or something like that. Ri- oh, rims on a Tercel. <laughs> rims on a Tercel. That's that was it. what it was, yeah. And then... Um, you know, so he's obviously gone on to, you know, other things. Uh, Patrice Brendamore, who was a, a talk caster a couple of times and did Tua TV Live almost every week. Uh, he and Doc Rock founded MacUser.pro. 
which is yep. a, a Mac user academy, uh, Mac, professional Mac user academy, I think is sort of the unofficial title of it. Uh, ben Raythig, who used to come on all the time and explain cellular technology to me and still will explain cellular technology to me because it still doesn't make any sense for the most part in my brain, um, still lets me call him and ask him questions. And additionally, uh, started over at GeekBeat TV as a result of being on the podcast with us and said, you know, like, like I, you know, you gave me the, the opportunity and I was able to take that and go, you know, write for GeekBeat. So there's a lot of stuff that's sort of happened as a result. And it's um, exciting that that a lot of people got that opportunity, you know, as a result of, of starting out. You know, I, I know at one point, Mike, you had joked that uh, Tua was the farm team for a lot of other places. Yeah. I, 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 well, I said it. Unfortunately, I said it publicly. I think I said it on someone else's show that, you know, and I meant it in the sense <laughs> of how people viewed us in some cases, like that we yeah. were the farm team for the Mac web. And that got that got like that guy was a problem but i loved the way i loved the way that nitrous act said it last this week which was that you guys were the liverpool of the mac web yeah and i said that i like that that's That's, the way i want to think about it it's not it's not a farm team but as a as a place where creative people came to get their start yeah and that was the thing is is that's where i got my start not just on the podcast but getting to write for anybody on a regular basis, and um, it was because I hassled you on the show floor at MacWorld the year before. But you know, you but you took the chance. You were like, maybe she's not entirely insane, and, and might have something of value to say. <laughs> and to as us. we know, we know how that turned you know? out. But you well, know, <laughs> I am not entirely, not entirely. Um, you know, ten pounds a nerd in a five pound sack is a discussion for another day. But for the most part, you know, I'm not completely crazy. And, you know, the fact that, that there was always a moment at Tua where somebody saw something in someone and said, hey, this is something, you know, this is a person of value that we should be associating with in public, kind of. Um, you know, I thought that was great. And then the opportunity that we got at Macworld, um, I only got to go to Macworld with Tua one year there was a booth. But I interviewed, like, everybody. And it was the year that we started doing the top three. What are the top three apps you use on your iPhone? And Victor said he was working on this project. And he said, hey, Kelly, is that something you would want to do? Because I wasn't, like, knee-deep in the video production piece or anything because we were doing all this live streaming from the booth. And I said, Victor, if you ask me to do this, I'm just going to go do this. So be sure that's what you want. And he said, you do whatever you need to do. And I'm like, I'll be back. And I took off with the recorder. And I got Merlin Mann and Ken Case and two-thirds of Angry Mac Bastards. And uh, you got the infamous photo of (laughs) Jeff Gamut and Peter Cohen and I, which got the infamous caption from John Welch of Macworld Expo where dreams come true. Um, And like I said, I get to interview Jim Dalrymple on the TalkCast. And I talked to so many people and I made friends and people came up and and talked to us and I got to interview people on the the um I got to interview people on the live stream I got to talk to a bunch more people uh Peter still likes to tell the story of how he and John were being very ranty into the camera about um people who don't like to pay for apps because one of the recommended apps that they had was Infinity Blade 
Mm-hmm. And they were saying, it's $5 and there's nothing wrong with charging $5. And they sort of started coming at me. And so they're walking toward me and I'm trying to keep them in frame. So I'm leaning back and leaning back and these two guys are coming at me aggressively. And we started getting concerned looks from other people on the show floor. Peter said, I think people were afraid I was trying to eat you. And <laughs> it was not not and, an impossible theory. Right. And then so like all of the like, you know, and I mean, Macworld is always ridiculous. It's crazy. Like I stood on a table and gave away a printer to a guy in Poland Um you know, these are just random things off the top of my head that I'm remembering from from Macworld. There are parts I don't remember. No, <laughs> um, and we had we had the best time, and it's because of the thing that I I say all the time about Macworld, which is that it's only it's it's about the community. It's not as much about an iPhone case or the new laptop or the new whatever. It's not about any of that. It's about the community, and. You know, you. I know you were saying earlier you were on the British Tech Network just this morning doing the Mac show, and one of the one of the great things about Macworld Expo was that Ewan, the Ewan Rankin, the host over of, of most of the shows over at British Tech Network, uh, he and Paul Wheatley came over, and uh, were able to do um, Macworld Expo like for real. And so they came, they came over and they were doing live streaming from the show floor and all this crazy stuff. And it was really great to get to hang out with them in person. And, you know, you don't get that opportunity a lot of places. And, you know, where else in this universe or any other am I going to end up at karaoke where Rod Roddenberry walks in with the biggest bottle of sake I've ever seen? And we go, gosh, that's a lot of sake. And he goes, and, and we're like, how are we supposed to drink all this? And he said, you have 20 minutes. <laughs> quickly. The answer is quickly. Yeah. <laughs> San How Francisco. Long we have? San Francisco will. We had about 40 minutes. For, we Because it was yeah. it was close to. It was getting on toward 1 a.m. And it's and they. No, it was getting on toward midnight. And I think their their cutoff was 12.45 a.m. Because they had to close at 1. So it didn't matter how much was still on the table. Like at twelve forty-five a.m., it was getting poured. Right, in, they were the like, drain, "You're so. you're out." So, or I, I mean, I, I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure it was quarter <laughs> of one. I don't think it was quarter of two because that would have been insane. Yeah, that would have been insane. Uh, it was quarter of one. Uh, how yeah, long I do mean, we have to do? How long do we? Because behind him came like three staff people who were all carrying giant plates of sushi. Yeah, that was nuts. It was nuts. <laughs> Everybody came in. How long do we have? 20 minutes yeah, John, John, okay. Cham- John Champion and I mean it was yeah it was it was something to see <laughs> and they and, and the singing too I mean I I I'm, as you you wouldn't know from my voice at the moment but I I'm a, a karaoke aficionado and, and that was that was uh that was quite a night that was quite a night Kelly Kelly busted out locked out of heaven I said it and I meant it she did it better than Bruno Mars because I hadn't heard the Bruno Mars version at that point. I'm like, what is this song? This is a really cool song. <laughs> and by the way, I now have a problem where, well, not a problem. I have a, I have a, an algorithm. I have a, <laughs> I have a, I have a, 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 a matrix for determining who the, who the likely artist is for a pop song that I'm hearing for the first time. Yeah. So I hear a song. I was like, I don't recognize this song. Huh. <laughs> male singer, male vocalist. Sounds like it was recorded in 1978, but I've never heard it before. It must be Bruno Mars. Yes. <laughs> and it works 90% of the time. It does. And that new song, like, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Like, if if you don't hear that and tap a toe, 
Or is it Uptown Funk or? Uptown Funk. If you don't tap a toe or shake a little something by the end of that song, you are a Cylon. I am a Cylon, but I still tap a toe. No, you're not. You tap a toe. (laughs) Um, I sound Cylon. I only look, I only look Cylon in photographs. Um, (laughs) So, but yeah, the, the, the live in person aspect of, of, of working at the unofficial Apple weblog was so infrequent that you, you, we really did cherish it. And I certainly cherished every every Macworld Expo and every WWDC. And that morning learned. meeting at Mel's. The morning breakfast at Mel's. I mean, it, it was it was a very special experience. And I think, but but the, the day-to-day, and, you know, since this is our podcast, I can talk about my, you know, my guilt and my feelings and my, yes, my, my inner life. So, you know, people who, who follow the site may or may not have noticed that I've been um, less present over the past mm-hmm. year and a half than I had been before. And that has a lot to do with my day job. Um, I was constantly surprised. I started with the site in 2006, in November 2006, so just barely pre-iPhone introduction. Like, I I was around for a couple of months before the iPhone mm-hmm. announcement, and I didn't, none of us knew, I, I mean, none of us knew what to expect. None of us knew what was happening to us. But, I was constantly surprised, particularly in the, in the early years, and maybe that this had to do with the, the level of contribution I was making at the time, by the number of people who thought I was full-time with the site. I was never full-time with the site. I always had a job. I had a day job. Right. Um, I was very fortunate in that when I started with UAWO, I was working for my brother, who, who you know, who Kelly knows. Um, I, was, I was in an environment where I could... I could burst mode for my day job, and then I could still be a contributor to the unofficial Apple weblog and be, you know, be part of the day-to-day news cycle and feature cycle and how-tos. I, I would write off hours. I sometimes would write during the day. Sometimes that became a problem. But I was originally recommended for the site by Laurie, Dun- by Laurie Duncan, who was one of the er- mm-hmm. very early bloggers on the site. And she was a colleague of mine at uh, MJM where I worked. And my brother said to Laurie, you know, I know you do this. TUAW thing, you should get Mike and Lori. Lori to her, uh, to my, I mean, I am, if I had to point to a single person outside my immediate family who has had, you know, like the most butterfly effect mm-hmm. nudge on my, the course of my life, it's Lori because she, she went to bat for me with Scott McNulty, who was the lead, the uh, editorial lead at the time. And said, "You've got to, you got to hire Mike. You got to hire Mike." And our process for hiring bloggers in, the, in my entire tenure in the site involved getting a shitload of submissions <laughs> that we had to plow through <laughs> with very little system, like very little systematized, and a very few people that had to read them and try to make value judgments. And so, yeah, the process was sometimes um, a little arbitrary. Uh, yes. If you if you listen to to the overtired <laughs> episode from this week, Christina mentions how she submitted and then didn't hear literally didn't hear anything for a month and a half and thought she had done something really wrong, and thank goodness she we eventually got back to her. But um, but so it took a long time, and then eventually Scott and Victor emailed me and said, "Hey, you want to come? You want to come right here?" And the the course of what I what I do would be very different. Who I who I mm-hmm. consider myself to be. And my self-image and my the way I, I relate to the world would be very different. I would certainly not have any. I would not have the T-shirt I'm wearing right now. 
which says uh, there's no command Z for stupid. Uh, I would not have my my two T-shirts that say uh, D-list internet celebrity. D-list internet celebrity. My far and away my favorite T-shirt. I would have I would have never. There are hundreds of people I never would have met. Uh, yeah. Never would have appeared on Fox Business News, which is still the strangest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> um, never would have met uh, Clay Shirky. Never would have met uh, Josh Topolsky. Never would have met Neelai. Uh, never would have met all the Engadget people. Never would have met all the, uh, you know, never would have met F- uh, Phil Leibin. Never would have met uh, the, the Boinks guys, uh, you know, and... The oh, one person, yeah. the one person in all of us who I would have met, regardless, interestingly enough, is Ross Rubin, because <laughs> Ross and I, uh, Ross of course was a columnist for Engadget from very very early on. He at one point was a columnist yeah. for TUAW. Um, so, so when Ross and I met each other, we didn't know that about one another. He didn't know I was Mike Rose from TUAW. I didn't know he was Ross Rubin from Engadget. We were we were in the same improv group. We oh were in gosh. a song improv team at the People's Improv Theater in New York City. Cast up with each other, became friends. You know, we're in we're in this this group together for a year, and and a couple few months in, he's he was the one who realized it. He's like, "You're Mike Rose <laughs> from TUAW." I said, "Oh, wait a minute, you're Ross Rubin from Engadget." He says, "Yeah." Um, <laughs> then later discovered that I went to high school with his wife. So, you know, so we would have met each other regardless. It was inevitable. Right. Um, but he's a, he's a dear friend and I, someone who, so again, the course of that relationship has been, has been, uh, modified by my working at TUEW. But anyway, all that to say, I, I, I was beginning with a mea culpa and fell into, fell into, uh, this, you know, this reminiscence, um, so early on, and for the first several years I was associated with the site, first couple of years, I was I was an active contributor. I went mm-hmm. through a number of lulls. Scott McNulty, where I was busy and not able to contribute as much and felt, and, you know, sometimes would get called on it. Um, Scott eventually, Scott McNulty eventually left the site. I uh, decided he did not want to continue on as the lead. Um, at that time, uh, Dave Kahlo and I took over as co-leads. So we were, we were the editorial leads and Victor, Victor who had responsibility for download squad and Engadget uh, Spanish and a few other, and other plot and DIY life and other properties began to be more and more focused on TUAW. And the eventual transition was that Victor became editor in chief. Dave and I were the sort of point leads. Um, and then when Steve later on, uh, Steve, Steve had actually started not, not too far off from when I started, but then he became eventually an editor Subsequent to all of this, um, both Dave and Steve uh, joined AOL full-time later on, which meant they were more available. Kelly Hodgkins came on to the leads. And, and the way that the two, uh, two TUAW is structured is we had a group, a, a core group of leads or you know editors and then a larger group of contributors and bloggers. Um, yeah. Like full-time people, p- people who were employed by AOL. Well, there were, there were only then... three. There were only ever three of those. Uh, but then yeah. there was a larger group that included me and Kelly and um, a few other people at various times. Mm-hmm. Over, over time, time, yeah. So all that to say, um, when I I was I was quite active with the site, I was interested in picking up a full time role. Victor actually left. 
yeah. as, as some may recall, Victor left the site and went to go work at um, Next Web. Next Web, that's right. And so I, and I can tell the story now. I began negotiations with AOL mm-hmm. to take over as editor in chief of TUAW. Yep. And that was going to be that was going to well. be a full time gig, and I was excited about it, and I was looking forward to it, and I really didn't want to be doing the job I was doing, so I was really excited about it, and it all seemed to be progressing normally, and then it didn't, and then AOL, fairly a fairly high level apparently of management within AOL decided not to, not to do that, uh, not to invest in another full time resource for the site, so it wasn't clear what was going to happen. Fortunately, Victor came back, <laughs> so so Victor came back from the next web and took over his old job with yeah. with enthusiasm. It was basically like the amount of time was like, well, Victor's gone. Um like if it had been if we had all been in person and like reported like a traditional company, it would have been like, okay, so who, <laughs> how do we part out the good stuff out of Victor's office and then who gets to sit there? And about the time we started having that conversation, Victor was like, me, cuz I'm back now. <laughs> it was about 3 3 or 4 weeks, but yeah, it didn't it wasn't very yeah. long. Um, so you can't go through an experience like that with a potential employer and not feel a little, um, a little sore, I guess. Mm, Uh, I mean, I understood where everybody was coming from. I still felt a little bad about it. So that, um, that started to deprioritize for me the work I was doing mm-hmm. with TUAW and not, not of any, out of any lack of love for the site or the readers or, or the community or even any, really any lack of, a lack of interest in the, in what we were covering, but, but more about, you know, me saying, you know what, I, I, I've given a lot of my time and energy to this place and mm-hmm. I am now making a unconscious decision, but I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to, give a reasonable amount of my time and energy as opposed to an unreasonable amount of my time and energy, you know, commensurate, commensurate with the compensation. I guess I was, I was, I, I titrated yeah, down that to, to that. And, yeah. and so as, as, and as it happened, I ended up switching day jobs and, and, and going to Salesforce and my ability to contribute on a regular basis was, was deeply constrained. My time was a lot tighter, but I still wanted to be a part of it. I still wanted to be engaged. And of course, through all of that, I still was very much wanted to be very much engaged with the talk cast because as you said it was um a real touchstone in a real way that it that I felt um that I was making a contribution to the community and and in fact bringing in so many wonderful people Tony Walla and Ben and and Doc and uh just you know people who were and and Kai and people who who showed up on a Sunday night to have a conversation which was a, an astonishing thing to me and I have to thank the folks at at Talkshoe who uh you know the the Radio Shack of podcasting companies. I mean, don't know don't know how they're making their money. Don't know how they're still around, but but God love them. They do good work. But there, there they, they are. are. Um, and through all the challenges and the you know the the aggravation of of doing that show and the my my piss poor logistics and management skills, um, I taught myself I taught myself to podcast, and I was very I was very pleased about that. So I felt that you know my my overall engagement over the past couple of years with the site, aside from the talk cast, has been not what I would have wanted it to be, um, not at the not at the level I want, would have wanted it to be, and and frankly, not I wasn't doing one of the things I had done earlier on, which was mentoring um, incoming writers, and 
you know, I feel bad that I, I didn't have the, the bandwidth to do that over the past couple of years. Now that the, you know, it's one of the things like now it's gone. You wish you had a lot of stuff to do over. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm very, very proud overall of the work we did. I'm very proud of how we were, um, of how much affection and how much people can, people had for the site, how much people, readers connected with the site. And you could tell that people liked us and you could tell that we liked each other. And I think that that was really important. You could tell that we hung out. Yeah. You know, that we had, that we interacted with each other like all the time. And part of the reason that that always stands out to me is because at least once a week, somebody would send in an email and say, why don't you guys do a story where you take pictures of the offices? <laughs> like, so you can show, show everybody where you work. Yeah. Show us, and enti- yeah, show us your, your desk. Enti- you know, and we were always yeah, like, you okay. don't get it. Let me explain. Yeah. An entirely virtual, for an entirely virtual staff. I, I, I was, you know, Steve and Dave and you and Vic and, and Kelly, other Kelly and Megan mm-hmm. and, uh, and TJ and Richard and like, you know, it just every, having everybody there in the chat room mm-hmm. felt like, felt like family, felt like you were, you were part of a conversation and Brett, oh God, you know, I love that man. He is, he is pure awesome. And he really is. And he was happy to like, I mean, to look at Brett, he doesn't seem like somebody like, I'm not trying to say this to be mean, but Brett looks like somebody who, you know, like if you don't know him, it's like 50, 50, he may smile at you. He may punch you out. You don't know. <laughs> He's, he, he has, he has an affect. Brett, we're talking about Brett Terpstra and, and I, I'm going to sort of, Terpstra, and I, I have to say that my, Working with people like Erica Sadoon, Richard Gaywood, Seriously. and Brett Terpstra, th- I mean, like two PhDs and just a pinky in the brain level super genius. Oh, honestly, <laughs> and, and and being working working with smart people and 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 really talented people was such a treat and such a delight, and often an escape from the you know the every the people I had to work with in person every day. Um, but <laughs> but so I I was very very proud that I was able to work with people as they were starting their careers and help and help them get get rolling as a writer. But I never realized I mean, the the one person who consistent well two people who consistently said this to me, and I think it was partly because they left the site earlier on. But the two people who consistently said this to me as part of their their exit conversation were Christina Warren and Rich Gaywood, and they both said, you know, Mike, you you taught me how to do this. You know, you, you taught me how to write for the web. You, you mentored me, you made me a better writer. You, you helped me, you helped me learn how to do this Mm -hmm. job. And that was huge. That really, really made me feel good. Both of, both of them are incredibly talented writers. And of course, Christina has gone on to be a very successful journalist. Um, Mm -hmm. So for her to say consistently and publicly as she does, you know, Mike Rose mm-hmm. was my mentor. He taught me how to do this. That means a lot. That that is that is somebody yeah. saying, my professional career, go. I I trace back to my my relationship with this person. But then, yeah. to have people like Brett and TJ, yeah, and and you know, and and Michael Grothaus, another person who is professional, professional yeah. journalist and who is you know a published author. Now these mm-hmm. guys say, you know. Mike taught me how to do this job. And I didn't always know that's what I was doing when I was doing it, but I came to the site every day with the attitude of we are here to serve the reader. 
-hmm. we're gonna just because it's a scare quote blog doesn't mean it shouldn't be well written (laughs) just because it has to be fast doesn't mean it can't be right and you know if you have if you have the opportunity to do it right we'll do it right and if you don't have the opportunity to do it right i'll fix it for you (laughs) and then i'll tell you what Mm -hmm. i did and i made mistakes and i screwed stuff up and i i embarrassed people by putting in putting stuff in their in their post that was wrong and i'm so so sorry i ever did this but it 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 made me realize as i was thinking about it this week you know what i've put in my ten thousand hours i've been doing this Mm -hmm. i have been editing other people's copy since i was uh 18 years old and i've been doing it and i've been doing it capably and what i've now learned is that i'm actually making people better and people who are doing it for a living. And that's, that is a wonderful feeling, a wonderful, wonderful feeling. I don't know of any other short of parenthood. I don't know of any other part of my life where I feel like I've, I've made a difference in that way. Uh, and so that nobody, you know, just shutting down the CMS access can't take that away from me. And in fact, I think now, if I decide I want to ha- hang out a freelance shingle of I will make you a better writer for the web, you know, look at these testimonials. <laughs> Seriously, um, you have you you've got yeah. Them. I mean, because you did. Like, it's not like, I mean, you came by all that legitimately. That's the thing is like you helped me figure out what was good, and you helped me figure out that like if I just get over my help myself and hit publish, it'll be fine. And you helped me with the podcast, like. I mean, there was something when I would call in and you and I would just talk to each other like we're doing now. Um, I don't even remember how long ago that was. And you would and you would say and and we would just have a conversation. And you were like, you're really good at this. You could totally do it. There's just a couple things you click on before the show starts and then you're the host. That's the only difference. Yeah. Just do what you're doing. And that encouragement at that moment to be like, Maybe I can host a show. Maybe this could be a thing. Maybe this is something I could do. You know, it's the part of the radio that I miss. Because I was a, re- I was a, a DJ mm-hmm. long ago. And it was hands down my favorite thing I've ever done in my entire life ever was be a DJ. And so getting the opportunity to do the part I really liked, which is talking to people who call in to the show, <laughs> um, that was like, the to me, that was the best part was like, getting to talk to them and then to get to play them records was like a close second, but it was second. The first part was getting to interact with people who were listening live to the show. And I'm sure someday I'll tell the story of how I ended up on a, another radio show when I was in college, but, um, <laughs> well, cause it was a random thing. And, but to get the opportunity from, I mean, like I draw a very straight line back to you as well. Like I have not gone on to Christina Warren levels of fame and fortune to be sure. But, uh, but like all of the stuff that I do is a direct result of, of you being nice to me and having a conversation with me and sitting and chatting and then, um, showing up to have a beer the next time you were in Portland and getting to hang out. And like, to me, that, that's, to me, that's the, the, the solace that I have is that I know that Tua is gone and that's a bummer, but I'm still friends with Victor. I'm friends with you. I'm friends with Dave and Steve and Erica. And I get to talk to all those people and all of the people that I've met as a result of being on yeah. Tua. Like you were talking about, you know, Ben Rathig and Kai Cherry and all these people. And, and Peter Cohen and John Welch and, Peter, and yeah. Jim Dalrymple and Renee Ritchie and, you know, 
and the entire freaking Mac web. I mean, I, I never would have, I never would have gone to those to Adam, uh, to Adam and Tanya's uh, ink stained wretch dinners in the mm-hmm. basement of uh, the mall on Market Street in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, it had not been for for two. I never would have met Jason Snell or Dan Morin or Lex Friedman or Serenity Caldwell or Andy Anatko or uh, you know yeah. or I mean. It feels like hundreds of people. Chuck, it, I wouldn't have met Chuck. I wouldn't have met Arnold Kim. I wouldn't, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, there's there's a huge larger community, and I think, you know, when you talk about that, the 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 inflection point of somebody taking the time to have a conversation and be nice. There are th- there are three or four things that have happened to me recently. Well, one two things that have happened recently, or were recalled recently, and one thing I recalled from a long time ago. Um that made me think about how important this is. The first was, um, a family thing. My, uh, my quasi uncle. So married to my aunt who is divorced from my father's brother. So my, my ex aunt's husband, <laughs> this gets complicated. Um, uncle Herb. Totally, totally get it. it. So he came to my, my daughter's bat mitzvah. Uh, we invited him to my daughter's bat mitzvah. And then we were taking family photos at the end. And I, Summoned him up. I was like, "Hey, Herb, come on up, Uncle Herb. You, you, you're it. You should be in these pictures." By the way, his wife, my aunt, was not there. She was in Florida, but so he was coming stag. <laughs> he came stag. Um, but he, he's and he's a, he's a, he's a mensch. He's a wonderful man. Um, so he, so I summoned him up. I say, "Come be in the pictures." And now, a year later, literally a year later, his grandson just had a bar mitzvah that my wife officiated at. And he said, this happened. This this whole wonderful experience with my side of the family is happening because you said, Herb, come on up and be in the pictures. Because that that, so nice. cha- that made me feel so welcome and so wonderful. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Years ago, I was at a retreat for Life magazine. We were having a, a group discussion. People were getting up, raising their hands. And our managing editor was calling on people. And there was one of my colleagues, Jen, uh, who was who had her hand up for a long time. And for whatever reason, maybe she wasn't sincere, maybe she had other priorities, that managing editor wasn't calling on her, wasn't calling on her, wasn't calling on her. So I raised my hand. I had something to ask, and I raised my hand. But I noticed that Jen had had her hand up for a long time, and then it, the managing editor called on me. And I said, well, I'd love to ask my question, but actually I see that Jen has had her hand up much longer than I have. So I'm going to let her go first. And years later, Jen said, you know, I, I'm, I never forgot that. That was, that was, that was a kindness mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a difficult moment. So fast forward to today, or not today, uh, Renee Ritchie at iMore, another, you know, person who's been incredibly successful and, and made his bones on the Mac web. Yeah. In his reminiscence of of TUAW. He didn't talk, he didn't specifically talk about the site at first. He talked about his first Mac world where he, which your first Mac world to, to be fair, like you're super excited and then you walk in and it's terrifying and it's vast and overwhelming. And particularly if you're there by yourself, like, and he was there to cover it and he was at, he was at the press, the, you know, the media reception beforehand and he didn't know anybody and he didn't know what to do and he felt he felt left out and he recalled which was true 
that I was the person who came over to say hello. I had recognized him from his Twitter avatar. I said, mm-hmm. you're Renee Ritchie from, from the iPhone blog, from TIPB, as it was called at the time. Which is what it was That's then, what it was. yeah. And I said, I, said I, I like your stuff. I've, I've, I've read your stories. I like your stuff. Nice to meet you. I'm Mike Rose. I'm from the unofficial Apple web blog. And he, he did get a look of, oh, you're the guy I read all the time in my feed reader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But he, but we, we hung out. We had a beer. I introduced him to the rest of the two. Like, I mean, the gang really it was like a, it was a like a baseball team worth of people from two other. We Surely, went, we yeah. went to see Avatar in three D at the Metreon, <laughs> and we were buddies. <laughs> and he, he pointed, called that out, and said that, you know, that act of kindness and camaraderie made it made it possible for him to do what he needed to do and, and be part of the the macro experience so three th- i i mean those are three i know about three times yeah. when when being choosing to be kind choosing to do something that was nice made a lasting difference mm-hmm. and so i try to look back at the and and i i can't honestly say i did it every time or that we did it as a site every time but i know that when i felt like we were on the wrong side of something or we were, we were being mean mm-hmm. we at least tried to make it right and if we were yeah. if we were going to be mean about something we were going to do it in a way that was constructive now we've had for a while now again someone i i who is who is dear to me chris rawson who is just naturally uh, a misanthrope and and that's the way he approaches <laughs> the universe and that's cool I think early on in the rumor roundup, he and I went around a few times of let's try to make sure this is that we're punching up, that this yes. is funny and not mean. Right. We don't want to we don't want to beat on people. I mean, yes, Wall Street analysts who make, you know, seven figures and say ridiculous things I by all means. Yes. Websites that are one guy in his basement let's not try to not make them look ridiculous and there was a if there's one thing i regret it's the perception you know mixed with a little bit of reality of the range war with with nine to five mac that sort of overtook uh, everyone's better judgment from time to time um yeah it it wasn't always easy um it wasn't easy competing with them because they had great sources and they they did they did great work um but it was harder interacting with them because there was, I think, bad behavior and immaturity on both sides. Uh, when the grown-ups were able to discuss things, which was, you know, reasonably frequently and with, you know, with good effect, when we were able to do that, we were man- managed to mostly sort things out most of the time. But I never felt like it was a healthy relationship. And... You know, we didn't, we didn't, we we didn't always have great relationships. We were perceived as corporate. We were perceived as reblogging stuff. We were perceived as lazy and not, you know, not getting stuff, not getting ahead of stuff. And it's frustrating to see some, like, to know that that's not true most of the time. But then to see the counterexamples of like, well, you you ran this or you did that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. That was dumb. But why does that poison the entire experience? And you, you, there's no communicating with some people. Um, I mean, I will say, it's. It, you know, I've enjoyed the interactions I've had over the past eight years with John Gruber. Would I consider him a friend? No. Uh, 
do I love reading his site, reading his stuff? Absolutely. But that's different than the relationship with like a Jim Dalrymple, who I do consider to be a friend. Um, and I think, I think what it comes down to is you can't, you can't maintain wonderful relationships with everybody all the time, particularly mm-hmm. if you're playing in the same sandbox. It was a crowded right. sandbox and we did the best we could uh, this morning on the British tech network on the Mac show. One of the panelists, Greeny asked, you know, who we were talking about the closure of TUAW. <laughs> and he said, I, yeah, I just have one question. You know, does this matter? You know, why does this matter? Yeah. And of course there's a million places people can go for their, their Apple news and opinion. There's many, many, many places. There are places with a, a zillion voices, mm-hmm. uh, like wonderful places like the Mac Observer, Cult of Mac, iMore. Um, there are places with a few voices, like Loop. There are places with just one voice, like Mac Stories or Daring Fireball. And there are places mm-hmm. with no voice at all, like Mac Daily News or Mac NN. Uh, I don't know how they do that, but they do. And, I mean, Mac Rumors is another great example. Incredibly successful site, wonderful site, great people, really smart people. And In fact, Kelly Hodgkins works for them as well. But the mm-hmm. difference in, in tone between a Mac Rumors story and a TUAW story is night and day. Because yeah. a TUAW story or a Mac Rumors story, you the voice of the, the writer is entirely subordinated to the voice of the blog, the voice of the site. Mm-hmm. And I know that the people that write for that site, I know Kelly and I know... Jordan Golson, I know this, and I know it. Arnold Kim, they have, they have very individual voices, but you don't hear it, mm-hmm. and that's deliberate. I mean, I believe it's deliberate. I think there's a there's an editorial yeah. choice in play. We never made that choice at TUAW. Oh yeah, we. If if you wrote it, like if there were no bylines, you could look at something and go, Mike wrote that, Kelly wrote that, Victor wrote right. that, right? Because wrote we that. like it was there, clear. There, there, I didn't. I don't think. I don't think it wasn't that we didn't perceive a value in having a brand and having a voice for the site, and we had we had a we had a character, we had a we had a brand identity, a little snarky, a little edgy, smart but not talking down, um, you know, trying to make it fun and make it engaging, and that was the that was the brand identity of the site, which meant you could get you could go a little wild, but it but what it also meant is that we did not try to quash the individuality of our writers. We tried to make everybody. Their, their best selves, you know, and not try to get them to write to a particular flavor. And that's yeah. and that's part of what I loved. And I think that that is what, in, in the end, that's part of what the audience responded to, is knowing that yeah. they were going to get a variety of voices. Um, you know, I think that's something that um, Tidbits and the Mac Observer do really well, is that they keep, you, you, you get the individual voice coming through. Um but it, you know, everybody's every place is different, and hopefully, hopefully, the people that were were very very fond of TUAW will find either Apple World Today, which is coming soon from our colleagues, or one of yes. the other outlets to their liking. But there will never be another place where you have Erica Sadoon, Brett Terpstra, Christina Warren, Kelly Guimont, Mike Rose, Victor Agreda, Dave Kalo, Steve Sandy. Kelly Hodgkins, Mike Wainer, Mike Grothaus, uh, T.J. Luoma. I mean, T. And 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 I've you know I've met a lot of these people in person. T.J. and I had the opportunity to have lunch one time in New York, which I cherish. It was wonderful. Uh, mm-hmm. Brett, <laughs> I just I can't I can't effectively describe how my admiration for that dude. He's just awesome. And if you could, if you knew listener, both of you, 
if you knew how often over a, a five or six year period, five year period, including some time when he was full time at AOL and had no time for us, if you knew how often in the in the two odd AOL chat room or IRC, somebody said, "Man, I have this problem where I need to do this thing with this stuff." And I just, I can't find a tool to do it. And it's driving me nuts. And I wish it were easier mm-hmm. to do this. And Brett would say, huh. Hang on. Like, not even hang on. Just like, that's interesting. And 18 hours later, you know, the next morning, he'd pop yeah. back in. And it's like, well, I stayed up all night and I wrote you this utility, this command line utility that does what you want to do. And yep. it was like, it became a joke because it was so amazing. It was like having a genie with a lamp you could rub. It totally was. Oh, I'm trying to do this thing. And then, and then like, it it was like, it was the, the, the nerdiest bat signal. Like I'm having this problem trying to do this thing. And then, and sort of like Batman, particularly in chat, Brett could be a man of few words and he'd show up and he'd look it over and he'd go. That's interesting. And then, yeah. the and then you're like, oh, well, the clock That's is right, the time And then you just on. wait. Yeah, you're just like, I'll come back in the morning and find the thing that Brett left me. And it was crazy. And, like, I sat in the same room with him once and actually was able to see him. I'm convinced he changed the degree of the curvature of the Earth <laughs> with a crucial key command in TextMate. I am certain it happened. I've seen the man make magic in TextMate. It was mind-blowing. The TextMate blogging bundle, yep. I know this is something I think Christina still uses today. Um, it's hard to use now because the, the version of Perl that it uses is no longer supported. He really did magic with TextMate. I've never, to this day, I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's just amazing. to, And it's it's really because Brett is the man of vision. He knows what he's looking for. He know and he... Unlike me, like, I know what I'm looking for, but I basically have no idea how to get there. And he knows how to get there. Well, and, and what's what's kind of, what's so special about the Brett story, the Brett Terpstra story, um, is that this is someone where when we, whenever I interacted with him, whenever we interacted with him, whenever he was part of what was going on, he always said, you know, this is this is someone who should be renowned. Like this is a dude who should be renowned yeah, for his for his wide. awesomeness, and you know what? He's fucking renowned now. <laughs> he is renowned <laughs> for his awesomeness. It is the universe doing the right damn thing for once. That's I how know. I see what he has done. Because if you were at his his productivity talk at MacWorld last year, mm-hmm. the room was full to the walls for with people who came to see Brett Terpstra, and it made me smile it made me so happy to see that every one of those people would have stayed till the end if brett had broken out the san francisco phone book and just started reading. (laughs) i don't know about that but (laughs) oh it's true because they were there for brett like the the productivity part was a bonus it it was it was something that i i i mean i can't i can't quite describe how happy it made me to see that it just it just is really, really cool mm-hmm. when someone Absolutely. when someone who makes cool stuff and makes cool stuff because it was what he wanted to do and what he wanted to use, and then becomes famous or internet famous 
mm-hmm. because that's what he does. And he and, yeah. and people like Merlin Mann adopt him and say, this is my yeah. guy. He's my guy. I mean, I was there when they met each other. I was standing you right do. there. Yeah. And, you know, that's like that's like the the universe again coming in coming to its senses like oh right these are people that should that should be working together these are people mm-hmm. that should know each other it makes amazing. me so happy would not have been possible without TUAW very very little of this would be possible without TUAW and we thank i thank everybody who was involved in the site this has been i think extremely indulgent for me <laughs> um, yeah. but you know for a guy who you know went to college to get a professional writing degree and then you know, was not able to leverage it directly for many years. Uh, it was a uh, it was a certain degree of vindication in in this uh, in the past eight years of of what I was doing, and I still uh, I still cherish the one couple that came up to me on the Macworld show floor and said, "Can we get a picture with you?" I still don't know what their deal was, but um, <laughs> I still uh, I still love 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 the fact that. My mother, some years ago, when the I, the IT consultant for her company said to her, "You know, it's a weird coincidence. There's a famous Mac blogger who's also has the same name as your son," um, <laughs> which was awesome. Uh, I cherish the time that my dad was in a bar in, you know, Nowheresville, North Carolina, having lunch. The TV was on Fox Business News, and I came on, and he pointed to the TV and said, "That guy in the in the in the." Hi there, that's my son, and they gave him a free beer. That's awesome. That's amazing. And I cherish the fact that last year, uh, when I went out to San Francisco for Dreamforce, uh, my brother, some weeks beforehand, said, here's the plan. We're going to get there early enough so that we can drive up to Petaluma on Sunday afternoon, and you're going to go on this week in tech. And I said, that's crazy. He's like, no, we're going to do it. I was like, ah, fine. (laughs) So I reached out, of course, to Christina. And I said, who do I talk to? Because she's always on the show. And she says, talk to Chad. He's the producer. He's awesome. I emailed Chad. I didn't hear back anything. I'm like, well, they're fine. They're not interested. And then I finally hear back from him like like 12 hours before the show. He's like, oh, yeah, we definitely definitely want you. Absolutely, we'll be there. Sorry, I thought I emailed you back already. I was like, oh, dude, that's not cool. Okay, whatever. So then realizing that looking at the flight schedule what i i thought i thought the sh- the i thought this week in tech recorded at four it actually records at three and the flight i thought was getting in at twelve thirty was actually getting in at one and the drive oh, from God. sfo to petaluma is you know about an hour and 45 minutes but we still had yeah, to go like get off hours. the plane yeah. and get the car <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh we tore ass up to petaluma we got there at 305 I'm like texting Chad saying, "Is he? Is it? Is it too late?" He's like, "No, no, no. Leo's just going to the bathroom. It's no big deal." And went in, and so we, I was, and I was sick as a dog, so sicker than I am now. Recorded the show; it's fun. And then the next on that month, on that Tuesday or or whatever the following week was, I was talking to my my colleague at Salesforce, to my mentor, and I he said, "How was your show?" I said, "Oh, you know, it's fun. We went up to we did this thing where we went up to Petaluma before." And he's like, "Oh my god." I'm standing in the Toronto airport with my wife and I'm checking my phone to make sure my podcasts have loaded 
and I see This Week in Tech, which is my favorite podcast, and I see the show notes, and it says Michael Rose. I was like, huh, that's a weird coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> and then I start listening to it, and it's you, and I freak out. I'm saying to my wife, oh, my God, I'm freaking out, and she has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> that would never have happened without the unofficial yeah. Apple blog. So thank all. you guys for, for eight eight awesome years. And, uh, and what's next, people say? Well... Um, I mean, Kelly, you, what's next for you is you're already doing the awesome stuff at the Mac Observer and the awesome stuff at Smile Software and the awesome stuff for Mac for App Camp for girls. Mm-hmm. For me, I am continuing to do my 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 Salesforceness and and loving it. And I also um, am apparently going to be doing some freelancing for Tidbits. So uh, Adam and Yay. Adam and Josh reached out and. Um, that's awesome. And I, I have to say that, you know, Adam Adam and Adam Anx and Tanya Anx have been running that site for a long, long time. Um, Adam's another person, again, who I never would have had the chance to meet, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But but that is a site that I, I mean, that I've been reading. Like, like uh, to me, yeah. I'm the Renee in that scenario. I've been reading tidbits for a long time. And well, it's been tidbits for a long time. Like, let's start there. It's been around for over 20 years. And so yeah. to, to be... To be asked to do that, it's that's mm-hmm. pretty, that's pretty cool. Anyway, so there's other stuff to talk about. We're already you know well over our hour of me saying I wasn't going to talk much and then <laughs> crying in my beer. Yeah, I remember uh, that. So quick, quick, we'll fix it. We'll in fix post. it in post. The, uh, iOS ten ten one three um ten ten three uh, ten ten beta three. came out. There's good stuff in the beta. There's photos which looks pretty cool. There's um. Well, here's the thing. Photos looks cool if you're an iPhoto user. Not so cool if Photos you're an Aperture user. Photos doesn't look as good if you're an Aperture user. Yeah, but, I mean, in, in fairness, Apple, in this case, said it's not a replacement for Aperture, unlike, say, Keynote, new Keynote for old Keynote, or new Final Cut for old right. Final Cut. Well, and that's the thing, is I think that, I think part of why they gave it a new name, although I'm not very excited about another impossible-to-search name for <laughs> Why doesn't, Google, why are you broken? <laughs> Photos don't sync. Go see what kind of results that gets you. Um, so, anyway. Um, like, so far, people who use iPhoto don't seem to mind the new one. And then, um, you know, then one of the other things that it came with was something called iCloud Photo Storage, which is a separate matter altogether. Um and the thing about it right now is that whatever people are saying about it, keep in mind that it's beta one to developers. This isn't yeah. even a public beta. It's like halfway between public beta and we're trying it around the office here in Cupertino and kicking tires to make sure nothing bricks your computer before we give it to actual people. Right. So other things could come. There may be more features that are built in. They may have wanted to start with basic functionality. It seems like this was something that maybe should have shipped as part of 10.10.0 because it got a whole lot of attention during the WWDC keynote last summer. So um, I'm glad they're not rushing it, but I'm seeing some, like, I'm appreci- I'm trying to appreciate what they're doing, which it seems to me is a fundamental ground-up write-up, rewrite of the whole thing. So um, people who use it say it's faster, it manages your photos a lot better uh, than what iPhoto did. If, and if you have a, a large library, it's even nicer than what it used to be. So I'm hoping that's a good thing. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, the thing that people seem to be 
bemoaning the loss of most if you're an Aperture user is brushes. And if you're somebody who uses custom metadata fields, uh, that information is obliterated if you migrate to photos. So if you're considering doing that and you're a developer, don't do it. Um, if you're using custom metadata as part of your workflow, because it won't, it won't work for you, basically. Um, so keep that in mind. Also keep in mind it's a beta. You know, the whole thing could fall over at any moment, um, which is something people sort of forget once in a while. So uh, don't be surprised if the whole thing comes completely apart and the wheels fall off and it collapses right there in front of you. Because that's what betas do. It's kind of what they're for. So keep that in mind. Fair enough. But I, I'm waiting to see how it, how it officially turns out because I'm an iPhoto user. As am I. Because it's basic management. Like, I, I never was able to bring myself to move to Aperture because for the most part, uh, the pictures I'm taking don't need a lot of edits. You know, I'm going to crop something out or uh, knock out a little red eye here and there. I'm not doing, you know, photography, like with a capital P. So, for the most part, uh, so far, uh, I haven't spent a lot of time with it yet, but it seems like um, it shouldn't be too big a deal to move to this new one. Uh, you can still, at least now, you can still store everything locally. So um, you don't have to use the iCloud photo library or whatever they're calling it if you don't want to, which is nice. At least they give you the option. So I'm hoping that that continues. As am I. Um, but there's good stuff coming in 10.10.3, 10, uh, and we look forward to seeing the Photos app and all the other good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Kelly, you had a hands-on experience this. Well, before we talk about the hands-on experience, got a <laughs> quick plug for uh, not yet a sponsor, Audio Technica. Um, today, uh, oh, Adam yes. Christensen, our friend, our buddy Adam Christensen at the MacCast, uh, recommended, suggested a microphone, the Audio Technica, uh, the tw- two thousand five. Is that it? Yes, two thousand AT two thousand five USB. The AT two thousand five USB, which is an Audio Technica mic. Audio, if you've seen Audio Technica mics, they look great. Um, they also, they also sound, sound great. great. This is a mic that has XLR USB, uh, a headphone jack. Uh, it, it's actually very much like UI wise. It's or sorry, interface wise, it's very much like the the Blue Yeti, which I'm currently recording on now, but much smaller in the shape of you know an actual microphone as opposed to a giant suppository. Because uh, it's a handheld. It's a handheld mic, mic. and so. He mentioned it on the Mac show this morning for British Tech Network. He had tested it with Kelly, and he said it's a $150 mic. And, in fact, Doc Rock pointed out that it is a $50 mic um, mm-hmm. on Amazon right now. So I ordered one immediately. Uh, you may want to consider this as well. The Audio-Technica AT2005 USB cardioid dynamic USB XLR microphone. And the reason you may want to consider it is because not only will it work with an XLR cable, if you're if you're going to put it into a mixer or something. Uh, it will also work with USB, which yes. you can plug into the side of your computer. But it will also work if you want to connect it to your iPad. So what? if you want full-on mobile recording, the way Adam described it to me, because Adam and I had a separate conversation. I wasn't on the Mac show this morning with you and Adam and Doc Rock. Um, but when I talked to Adam, because Adam and I were doing a Skype test, he had it and he had, he was setting it all up and wanted to make sure everything was working properly. And he said that you can also use it with an iPad. If you have the camera connection kit, it will work and not draw too much power. That's crazy. That's what he told me. And that's what made me go, mm, I need one of these too. 
I know I have a microphone, but now I need another one. So, yeah. Some girls like shoes, and apparently I like technology. So, you know, there you go. Yep, technology is good. And liking shoes, liking technology, and liking things that are fashionable, you had a hands-on experience that we were going to talk about with uh, the fine folks at Leatherman. <sighs> Leatherman. So, Leatherman, first of all, Leatherman's based in Portland. Uh, for people who don't know, Leatherman makes uh, something akin to a Swiss Army knife. They make a variety of tools that are pocket knives or that you pull open and uh, they have pliers in the middle. You pull each side apart and there's pliers in the middle and you kind of fold the sides back and you can use the pliers on things or maybe they have scissors. Um, They come with all sorts of blades on them depending. They make them for people who fish. They make them for people who, um, you know, this and that. There's like specific, if you have a specific need, there's probably a couple of interesting tools on one of the Leathermans that you can use. Um, One of the... It's sort of the the sign when Mr. Kelly and I first got married, one of the first, like, nice Christmas gifts that my dad got Mr. Kelly for Christmas was a Leatherman tool. I don't remember which one it was, but it was a Leatherman tool of a reasonable heft. And it was, it, you know, it was great. It was like a, it was like a nice gift. Uh, I, when, when I got married in 2000 to Mr. Kelly, um, the bridesmaid gift that I gave to all my bridesmaids was Leatherman Micras because you can put them on your keys and there's a little knife and a nail file and, and a little pair of scissors on them and they're phenomenal and they're like indestructible. The, the outside is all metal. It's not plastic. So um, if you're ever looking at them, um, they're amazing and people here have been fans forever because Leathermans have been here forever. So Leatherman came out with this new thing a couple of weeks ago. They announced it called the Tread and the Tread is a... I don't know what to call it. It's sort of like you wear it on your wrist. It's not really a wristband and it's not really a bracelet. It's sort of in the middle. Yeah. Uh, It's metal. Uh, It's actually injection molded metal. And she talked to me a little bit about it. And like the part of my brain that really likes watching how it's made was really happy to listen to her tell me how they make these. And they're super cool and it's super customizable. So it's got all these particular links on it. And each link has a hex wrench or some sort of screwdriver or one of them is a little box opener. It's got like a little um, edge on it and you can use it to like cut through the tape on a box. Um, the clasp on it is like a, a metal clasp like you would have on a metal watch band. And when you open it completely, there's a bottle opener on it because Portland. Um, <laughs> one must know one's audience and one's audience when it's Portland requires a bottle opener because Portland. So, um, there's all kinds of things on it, and you can customize it. It's uh, super easy to to unscrew unscrew a couple of flathead screws and take a link out if you need to for size or for customization. And one of the things that they're going to do with this is, um, first they announced that it's coming. It's coming in May, and it's going to show up at their partner with their partner retailers first. So Cabela's and REI and places that sell outdoor sorts of things. Um, they're going to have this thing first. And then uh, from there, you'll be able to order it directly from Leatherman on their website and things. But uh, the list is $150 for the stainless version and $200 for the black version. Both of them are very cool. Uh, The interesting thing is that starting in September, they're going to start selling a timepiece for it. So you can hook a watch to your awesome little wrist wrist toolkit 
basically, because that's what it breaks down to be. Um, the great thing about it, I got to put it on my arm and wave it around. And in your hand, it feels kind of heavy because it's substantial. Like, it seems like it's, you know, a, a substantial piece of hardware. But after having it on my wrist for a couple of minutes, like, I didn't notice anymore. It didn't seem super heavy. It didn't feel weird. And you don't cut yourself on any of the tools that are on it or anything like that. The sides of the links will hold Leatherman bit drivers because Leatherman has some some bits that you can use to put on there. Uh, they will fit in the sides of these. Um, it's a super cool thing. And one thing that they are that they are doing that a lot of people probably both of our listeners, for example, are doing is waiting to see what the Apple Watch looks like because if they can find a way and it's not a problem, you can hook your Apple Watch to the toolkit on your arm and like. I felt a little faint when she said that. That sounded really exciting to me. Um, it looks super cool. Like I said, um, I got my I got my hands on it. You can read the piece over at the Mac Observer about um, what I got. You know that that I got to play with it. That I got to hold one in my hand. That it it felt nice and it's you know substantial build quality. All of that stuff was um, pretty fantastic, and I really enjoyed getting the opportunity to get my hands on one. So. Well, if they could make it an Apple Watch band. Whoa. Right? Whoa. Yeah. Crazy. All right. I know. To hook the most useful thing on your arm to the most useful thing on your <laughs> arm, like, how is that not the thing you want to do? Oh, boy. So, so And I did get a few replies on Twitter when I put that out, and a couple people said, if it actually will hook to an Apple Watch, you just sold You two. sold You sold <laughs> me one, and you sold my, my, my friend one. Um, yeah, me and my buddy. So... It we're we're pouring one out for Radio Shack this week. We're pouring one out for TUAW. We're pouring one out for me because I'd have to edit down this 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 marathon. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do not envy you, my raw file. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But um, I I want to thank everybody who took the time to to say something nice uh, this past week. As do I. Um, it was it was surprisingly challenging. Um, and uh, and I think that. We we're all the better for it. We've all we're all coming away with a with a great experience. I just think it's hard, even even if you weren't, even if it, you were not, or one was not, or I was not a person who was as actively engaged as I wanted to be. Uh, it's still tough to uh, to see something like that go. And what what makes it easier was hearing from so many wonderful people about mm-hmm. about their experience. Well, and and it's what it represents. Like that's where I started, and that's where you started. And yep. you know, like I know that's probably why. Brett and Christina have a soft spot for it. It's where they started. And, you know, when you start there, it always, you know, it, there, there's some comfort in the fact that it's still around. And now it's gone. You know, it's like when you find out that, like, your grade school isn't there anymore and now it's a Seven Eleven or something. Like, you know, it was always kind of there and it was like a like a part of you. And that part of you is, is gone now. And that's kind of disappointing. And so for me, that's what it was like. Like, I haven't been there, like, in an official capacity for a uh-huh. while. And I already sort of went through the the brutal goodbye of you do three shows at Tua and we're killing all of them during this week. Yeah, that was in July. <laughs> so, yeah, last July. Because um, I used to guest host for Steve on Tua TV Live and I did Ask Tua with Doc every week and I did the talk cast. And so all of them ended in the same week and that really sucked. And so like every night for the whole week, Mr. Kelly would come home and be like, hi, and I'm like, I need a hug. <laughs> And so, like, I already kind of had, like, the the rough sort of, like, this is, 
you know, this is sort of coming like for me, that was my biggest contribution to the site. So for me, that that part was sort of coming to an end was was very sad. So I've kind of been through it once already because I was doing all of that. And so doing it now, like we all sort of knew that something was going to happen. Nobody just knew when. And so on, on the one hand, it's sort of a relief to at least know and to be sort of done with it. Um, at least, you know, we know the deadline, we know what's going to happen, like, we see what the future of the site looks like. And so now we're finally at the point where uh, all of that has happened. And it was, you know, it, it was it was sad. I, it, it was disappointing. And it's because, like, none of that's ever going to line up that way again. But I'm excited to see what Apple World dot today turns into. Me too. Because, you know, there was a point when somebody had an idea and said, you know, I'm going to start this weblog about Apple and let me see if I can get a domain. And that's exactly how AppleWorld.today started. So I can't wait to see what those guys come up with. Uh, I also know that Steve Sandy is doing the Backerjack podcast with Ross Rubin. That's right. A couple of alums. That's a good That's a, a good thing. Um, I'm over at Mac Observer. We're going to find you over at Tidbits. Uh, uh, Megan Heaton is doing Namesake. A great comic, a comic yeah. Which is an amazing comic. I love it so uh, the the hook for like as soon as she told me yeah I write this webcomic and it's about this I was like oh I totally want to read that now, um, you know we talked about where you can find other people Dave, Dave Shardy I mean there's if you look at the site Steve's final post has a list of it, what should yeah. be every contributor with where they are now Dave Chartier someone I should mention who was there before I was uh, <laughs> and uh, went on to Ars Technica and MacWorld and, and his and his own site and did fantastic stuff. Yeah. Barb Dibwad, uh, who now runs the Engadget event, event practice, yeah. runs Engadget Expand and other stuff, and it's always always happy to see her. Um, yeah. And... She's so amazing. I'm so... Like, she's another person that, like, I would never have had a chance to ever speak to if it weren't for yeah. Tua. Actually, when I went to Engadget Expand the last time, the guy running the light board was a friend of mine. <laughs> so it was <laughs> the perils of working in production. Um, yeah. So we welcome your cards and letters. Uh, we are going to be back. Uh, we'll be back next week. This show will probably be, mm -hmm. be, on, be available Saturday or Sunday. It's just going to take a little time to cut out all the snuffling. Um, <laughs> but, um, but thank you for listening, and uh, we will... We will advise you about next steps and other stuff that's going on, uh, and we'll make sure you can keep track of where your TalkCast buddies are. We should get a TalkCast mm -hmm. buddy on the show sometime. We will. Yeah. I've talked to a couple of people and told them as soon as we settle into a groove and finally get to start uh, having guests on, uh -huh. because we can actually tell them in advance when we're going to be recording, <laughs> uh, yeah, that they're going to do it. That I'm like, oh, yeah. We, we haven't had anybody on yet, but as soon as we start... There's a list, and you are on it. Yeah. So if you are one of those people, and I have not said this to you, you should let me know so that I can say it to you. I'm sure they would love to hear it. Yes. I like to say it. <laughs> All right. So on that note, um, I guess I will sign us out. So we should mention we were recording this. We recorded this on Friday, February 6th, 2015. Mm -hmm. We're raising a glass to TUAW. But this has been... The After Show with Mike and Kelly. I'm Mike. I'm Kelly. And thanks for listening.